Welcome to Mosaics, a podcast featuring the vibrant and diverse stories of refugee resettlement in Idaho. I'm your host, Holly Beach, with the Idaho Office for Refugees. Welcome to Mosaics. I'm so pleased to welcome Tina Polishuk, director of the Ukrainian Welcome Center in Nampa. The Welcome Center was formed by volunteers in early 2022 to welcome and assist Ukrainians who were seeking safety in Idaho. Tina has been at the front lines of this effort from day one. She's here today to share about what that has been like and to invite you all to the Welcome Center's one-year anniversary party on Saturday, May 27th. Welcome, Tina. Thank you so much for Thanks being for here. having me, Holly. It truly is a pleasure. Just over, just over a year ago, you know, you had no idea that you would be a leader in refugee resettlement. So tell me what life was like for you work-wise, family-wise, um, in early 2022 before the war in Ukraine began. So I would say that we were, just like everyone else, uh, excited for COVID to be over. Um, you know, work-wise, I was working at the Department of Labor. I was a bureau chief um, for a national uh, startup project, or not. it was a national demonstration project that our state was doing in partnership with the federal government at that time. Um, and less than a year before the war started, I just had my third child. And so, uh, you know, our family was welcoming this new little boy to our family. My husband had just started um, his own business. Um, so that was really exciting. And we were kind of in a place where, you know, things were, were you know, where you want them to be in your mid thirties, where, you know, everything's kind of falling into place. Um, that being said, uh, our family and I, we actually had been monitoring the situation in Ukraine since 2014. Uh, we do have family that's over there, uh, some that are on the front lines currently. Um, and so we were always aware of the conflict since it started back in 2014. Um, but we didn't actually think that it would get to this level. Um, and so when the mobilization started around uh, the Ukrainian border, you know, we thought that even if there were something to happen, that it would be a couple of days and it would be over. Um, but then when the war started, when the invasion started, it really changed our lives. It took a 180 for, for all of us. And if you told me t today or a year ago that I would be where I am right now, I never would have believed you. But it really changed a lot of um you know, where we are, but we're really grateful that we get to be serving the people that we're working with. Tell me about the first few moments, days, week that you realized that you here in Idaho had a role to play in, in helping people who were fleeing the war. Yeah, those first um, weeks were really hard. Um, I would say that when, when we just found out that the war started, that was an immediate shock. And then again, as I mentioned, we, we thought that, hey, it might be a couple of days, it might be a couple of weeks, but it would die down. Um, and I would say the first week we were all just glued to our phones. We were trying to get any any news um, from what was happening from Ukraine. Um, and then about two weeks in, we um, watching the news, we saw how many refugees were coming out. Um, and within a few weeks, there was like 10 million people that left Ukraine. And because we have a Slavic community here in the valley, um, it's, you know, we've got several thousand people here. We realized that it would just be a matter of time before people ended up here in Idaho. 
Um, and so there were several efforts going on at the same time. There's a, also a humanitarian group that collects aid to send over to Ukraine. And so initially we had connected with them to find out what they're doing. Um, because when you're watching all of this on the news, it's really hard to feel helpless. Like you want to be a part of the solution, but you can't because there's you're limited as to what you can do. Um, and so our leadership, uh, we formed an organization. We met with um, the humanitarian aid leadership and we kind of discussed, okay, what, what direction are you guys taking your effort and how can we uh, prepare the landscape locally to receive refugees? Um, and so there were kind of two parallel efforts happening at the same time with a different angle. Um, and so we put together a strategic plan to start to bring together our Slavic community to welcome these individuals, but then also to plug in the entire Treasure Valley, uh, whether that be through assistance with housing, whether it be with donations, whether it be um, with volunteer hours. We wanted to make sure that the community here in the Treasure Valley had an opportunity to contribute whatever resource they have and make sure that their contribution makes it to the Ukrainian family or the individual as quickly as possible and as efficiently as possible. Um, and so that's how it all started. Um, initially, our group, as you mentioned, it was grassroots. We started with a clothing drive um, and we had several locations throughout the valley where we were collecting clothes. And when those families came, it was a uh, it was the second week of April. We had invited four families to come and get clothing. Um, and that evening we had seven families show up. And so in one evening we realized, uh, well, we had welcomed about almost 50 people that evening and realized that this effort was going to be a lot bigger than we had expected. Um, so after that, we started asking around. Uh, we realized that we needed more space. We were just operating a little clothing room out um, in the back of a church. It was a small room. And so we thought, um, you know, let's ask. The worst thing anyone can say is no. So, you know, one person connected us to somebody else who connected us to somebody else. Um, and you know, I, I'll just say it's a God thing. Like when God puts people together towards a, a certain common united mission, um, you get green lights all the way around. And that's how this all came together for us. So Tina, tell me a little bit about why this cause was so um, personal for you, something that you're passionate about. What kind of ties and um, family history do you have with Ukraine? Um, so back in the late 80s, my family actually fled the Soviet regime uh, for similar reasons. Uh, they were Christians in a communist country, and that was not allowed. Uh, and so uh, since like the late 70s, no, it was mid 70s that they started fighting for their human rights uh, to be able to um, freely uh, be Christians, and um, they were persecuted for that reason. And in fact, both of my grandfathers, they served prison time for their faith. Uh, one of my grandfathers served nine years in the gulags, and the other one served 14. Um, and so um, my uh, on my dad's side, when, uh, my, when my grandfather was released, the Communist Party basically told him, either get out of the country or you're going to be kicked out or locked up for life. And so his family was kicked out. They were stripped of their citizenship. They were stripped of everything um, at that time. And so they left the country not knowing where they were going. 
Um, they, you know, made a pit stop in, it was uh, Austria and then Italy. And then when they were in Italy, they applied to different countries that would take them. And then at that time, the United States had opened its doors. So we were able to come here. And so that's a family history that I grew up hearing about, learning about. Um, our family, our parents were very adamant that we continued to learn the language. Um, they insisted that we spoke only Russian at home. And then when I got married, my husband's Ukrainian. And so I learned how to speak Ukrainian um, and he still has family over there. So the fact that we have strong ties to the Slavic community here um, and as also a history of, you know, fleeing similar aggression, uh, this really hit home for us um, and realized um, that, you know, 35 years later, it was our turn to pay it forward. Now that we have people coming in from Ukraine fleeing a similar kind of aggression, similar kind of situations. And in 35 years, we've been very fortunate to, you know, have an education, live the American dream. Um, you know, we have our own homes and businesses and are able to thrive in our communities. And we want to be able to help these people. Um, and not all of them are going to stay. Some of them are going to choose to go back as soon as the war is over. But for those individuals who, for whom it's not practical to go back when the war is over, we want to be maybe that first step towards um, establishing themselves here in the United States, giving them a chance to prosper um, and receive many of the blessings that you and I take for granted. When, when people come to the Welcome Center, you know, it's probably one of their first encounters they've had in Idaho and they've just been through trauma, upheaval. And so what do they encounter at the Welcome Center when they arrive? Our goal with the Welcome Center is for everyone who walks in that door to feel welcome, hence the name. But ultimately, it's a place where they can start their healing process. Uh, and our goal is really to be a part of the solution in all of this. Um, there's a lot of information that's out there. And with everything that we're seeing in the news, it's easy for our clients to, you know, go into... I don't know, any location and the news is playing and, you know, they see images of their war-torn city or their village or, and in some instances, even people that they know, or they hear about their um, loved ones passing away, their neighbors um, being injured. Um, and so this is a place where when they come, they kind of get a sense of home, but not without the shelling and without the missiles and without the rockets, without the, um, without all the heavy stuff. So they're able to come in and they receive services in their own language. So all of our team speaks either Ukrainian or Russian. They're able to come in and if somebody's warming up their lunch, it's probably something that they have at their own home, whether it's borscht or galupsi or pilmeni. Um, we've got Ukrainian music playing or the type of music that they would typically listen to. Um, and when they interact with our team, they're also able to have a lot of things in common, like, you know, maybe they went and vacationed in the same place, or they'll say, hey, I'm from this town, and somebody will say, oh, my aunt used to live there. Um, so it's kind of a, a place where it's a home away from home. It's a place where they can come, relax, and at the same time, they can get the necessary services that they need. Um, and if there are certain services that we can't offer, then we are able to give them referrals and provide them consultation as to where they can find the proper resources to help them um, become independent and self-sufficient in our country. 
Tell us about the one-year anniversary party coming up on Saturday and how people can be involved. Yeah, so uh, the one-year anniversary, um, and you know, I struggle with with calling it a celebration or a party because I think the reality of why we have to exist is very sad. Um, but it's one of those things where we want to really bring together the Ukrainians that we've welcomed, along with um, all of the organizations and all the individuals that have played a part and that want to play a part in our effort. Um, and so we've invited all the families, we've invited the entire Slavic community, and we're also inviting um, the entire Treasure Valley to come. You guys can try some Ukrainian food. There will be activities for the kids. Um, we'll have some Ukrainian um, music going on. And it's just a, a time and a place where people can come together. Um, the location that we're at, we're very, very grateful for the partnerships that have made them happen. Um, the list is too long <laughs> for me to, you know, name people one by one. But um, in particular, the Boise Rescue Mission and the Idaho Office for Refugees um, have made our efforts really sustainable up to this point and uh, into the coming year. And so we're really grateful for that. So we want to take this opportunity uh, to really honor um, the individuals that have played a part in this solution. Um, and just to say thank you, to say thank you to the Treasure Valley for welcoming these individuals, for welcoming their home, um, welcoming them into their homes. Um, and, you know, being a place like Idaho that has said, yes, we are willing to step up and, and give these people a, a small piece of refuge during some of the most difficult times in their lives. Well, thank you so much, Tina. Uh, is there anything else that you would like to share with people before we go today? I just wanted to talk a little bit about why a lot of the Ukrainians are choosing to come to Idaho, um, as opposed to perhaps some of the other states. And I think that one of the things that's really attractive about Idaho is that it reminds them a little bit about um, home, about how Ukraine was like. Uh, in particular, they love the fact that there's four seasons. They love the fact that Idahoans tend to live a very agricultural and down-to-earth lifestyle. They love that Idahoans are the kind of people People that pull themselves up by the bootstraps. Um, and they love the fact that Idahoans love potatoes because potatoes are a huge thing in Ukraine. <laughs> so everything comes with potatoes and onions. Um, so I think that that's something to just kind of point out that um, they feel like uh, their culture and the culture of Idaho has a lot in common. And that's one of the things that's um, just is another part of that healing piece for these individuals that we're serving. That's a great point. Do you think that a lot of people coming here have family here or would you say that that's only a small portion? I would say that about 60% of the clients that we serve either have family or a friend. So someone that they knew, maybe somebody went to Ukraine on a mission and stayed with a family and now they're um, staying here with a sponsor. Um, there are a handful of people that come and they literally don't have anyone. And so we have some resources where we can connect them to a social network. Uh, but about, um, yeah, 60%, I would say they have someone. Um, and that's definitely helping them to get themselves established um, and really integrate into our communities. What's something that you've learned over the past year or that has made an impression on you um, throughout this unexpected journey that, that you've been on that has really a lasting and meaningful impression on you? Um, that's a great question. I would say that 
despite the fact that there's a lot of evil in the world, there's always a place for good. And I think we're seeing that realize itself in the Ukrainian Welcome Center. Every individual that comes through that door and says, hey, I saw your sign. Is there anything you can do to help? Is there anything that you guys need? Is there, like, they just want to be a part of the solution. So despite the fact that there is so much evil going on over in Ukraine right now and lives are being lost, I love the fact that Idahoans have stepped up and said, no, we're going to take this situation and see how we can turn it for good. Um, and, you know, the... the um, anniversary that we're going to have this coming Saturday is a great opportunity for Idahoans to actually meet these people face to face and say, hey, you know, I donated a, donated a bicycle to you guys, you know, whenever it was. And the other individual saying, I actually ride that bicycle. And that makes a huge difference for us because we can get groceries home. So it's a place um, where those individuals can come together. But I would say that was, that's the biggest thing. Uh, our our community has a very generous heart um, and just being a part of that to say, to see how people are coming together is really a privilege and an honor. Um, and it just brings a lot of joy to my heart and to the experience to be able to see how cool um, uh, just the generosity of, of the people of Idaho is. Well, I know that we at the Idaho office for refugees are so grateful and honored to work with you. Um, really you're, your group at the Welcome Center has carried us through a trying time and has been the place that people needed when everything in their lives um, were, was ripped out from under them. So really, truly a huge thank you. Um, I do look forward to seeing everyone on Saturday, 11 to 3 at the Ukrainian Welcome Center in Nampa. Um, thanks again, Tina. We really appreciate you. Thank you, Holly. Have a wonderful day. You too. Thank you for joining the conversation. For more information on how to be involved with refugee resettlement, please visit IdahoRefugees.org. Be sure to join us for World Refugee Day celebrations on June 16th in Twin Falls and June 17th in Boise. Mosaics is produced by the Idaho Office for Refugees with grant support from the M.J. Murdoch Charitable Trust. Music by the Afrosonics.